0: With clenched fists vibrating uncontrollably next to my nether regions, welcome, you silky mothers, to our first ever midweek special. My name is Owen, and this is Cop On, a brand new podcast for Liverpool fans everywhere. Please follow us, but don't troll us, on Twitter, at Cop on Podcast. Please send us an email and not pictures of your fists anywhere near your nether regions to coponpodcast at gmail.com. Some sad news is that, despite backbreaking effort by the heavenly Stephanie, our Facebook page is unfortunately on the skids. Therefore, if any of you see Mark Zuckerberg and he happens to be stuck in traffic, please follow him in his car, get some kids, video it and call him a horrible man. On second thoughts, don't bother doing that, because that would make you a complete jerk. Today's show is going to be so colossally fabulous you might start weeping. We will begin with an interview with Darren Wilde, one of the lucky ones who was at Anfield for the gratuitous liquefying of West Ham on Saturday. Then we shall do an Alan Pardew-style stare-down towards Monday night's Drago Crystal Palace. We'll preview that match with Jamie Connolly in LA and then yet another special guest, Nick Philpot, a presenter from Red and Blue News, a fabulous Crystal Palace show. Are you excited? Me too. Let's not hang around anymore. Let's get into it. Here's me interviewing Darren. How were you feeling in the build-up to the match a few days before you had your tickets? How were you feeling? Um,
1: well, there was a weight of expectation, I think, that, um, that you know, brings the start of the new season. I think the new signings, you know, was, uh, was uh, you know, we got, you know, me and the son, we were excited about it, um, but, um, but equally kind of quite... Uh, well, you know, optimistic, uh, but but apprehensive. I think uh, you know, looking at the um, looking at the, the big spending teams you know, at the start of the season. I think uh, Liverpool and West Ham for a period were were, were first and second in that in, in that spending league. You know, so I was I was looking for a, you know I was hoping for a good game, and I, and I thought West Ham would have um, would have given us a, a sterner test. You know, so I was. Um, I was a bit apprehensive that we uh, that we might have um, fallen flat in that first game, you know, despite the quality we'd brought in. You know, I think uh, I'm sure every Liverpool supporter thinks, uh, you know, that optimism that we have and, and then suddenly you uh, you get brought into to earth, you know, with a bit of a bang sometimes. And so I was uh, fingers crossed and uh, looking forward to it. I, I thought we would win, but um, I, I thought West Ham probably would have uh, given us a, a harder game. So, you know, optimistic, but... Um, but a little bit apprehensive,
0: yes, we sort of learned to, to to have that tiny bit of apprehension over the years haven't we uh, but yeah um um what about once you'd seen the starting lineup was it the same one that you would have chosen were there any surprises
1: well I thought for might have started you know to be honest I thought the starting lineup pretty much was where we where we where we thought I think uh, again you know we talked about it on the way to the match and then um, I didn't see the team announced because we were we were running around trying to um, get into the uh, get into the shop to pick up a, a my nephew's birthday. This was at the weekend, and I wanted to get him a his first his first kit. And um, and so we uh, we didn't get um, we didn't see the the lineup until we kind of got in the ground and and saw you know saw the team warming up. And you, you can always you can always get a good a good hint at who um, you know who would be starting. So I think um, yeah I think it pretty much. Uh, I thought Fabino might have started, but um, you know, but but it turned out that we, we didn't um, we didn't need him in the end.
0: Well, yeah, and um, uh, and did you did you sort of you know like like lots of fans did did you, did you sort of have a look at the bench before and and go wow?
1: You know, you kind of look at that and you think and you think how strong it was, you know, compared to previous seasons, and you know, we we also you know we've got Lovren and Matip and Clavan missing as well, and so. And so that you know, that was kind of uh you know, that was thinking, you know, we've got we've got, you know, some real good options, you know, there and I was looking forward to seeing Shakir as well given, you know, the um you know, the pre season that he'd had, you know, and and you know, so I was hoping that he would make an appearance, which he did, but probably not for as long as I'd hoped, but um you know, but at that point um we were we were kind of out of sight. But I thought the you know, the bench was you know, and again storage as well, you know, having him on the bench, it's like having a having a new player again again given the uh you know, given the pre-season he's had. So, yeah, I was, you know, re- really, really optimistic. I think um, watching the team warm up as well, you know, is interesting. I mean, we got a bit of a scare. Well, I, I did anyway at one minute because Allison disappeared down the tunnel partway through his uh, warm-up. And, uh, oh,
2: really? And never, oh, I didn't and, and
1: kept, OK. And didn't, and didn't come back out. And Carrier um, oh, finished off the uh, finished off the training session. So I don't know whether it was, uh, you oh. know, he'd nipped off for a pre-match wee or something. But, um, you know, I was I was glad... <laughs> I was glad to
0: see him come out uh, of the tunnel when uh, when when the uh, when the game was about to start. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I bet. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, talking. I mean, talking about the bench. So, bench. There was a lovely stat by uh, uh, Joel Rabinovitz, uh, who's on Twitter at Joel underscore Archie. He he. Uh, Posted about Liverpool's bench for, for Klopp's first game in charge in October 2015 was Bogdan, Tore, Randall, Teixeira, Allen, Sinclair, and Ibe, uh, and so if you compare it to the to the bench from uh, from the other day, Carius Fabinho, Klein, Henderson. Lalana Shakiri and Sturridge, there's there's quite the difference there. And I think lots of, you know, on the other podcasts that I listen to, I think lots of people have commented on it and lots of people have been talking about our bench. But I'd like to put it in a little bit of context, you see, because Man City's bench was pretty good as well for their first match. Uh, You you know, they had Otto Otamendi, Phil Foden, the young wizard, Kevin De Bruyne, or Browner, Leroy Sané, and Gabriel Jesus. So, you know, I mean, it's great to get excited about our season, but there are other teams in the league who are pretty good as well.
1: And so a similar, you know, uh, a similar... Uh, report about um, about the the city reserve team was almost kind of a first team you know so um, you know but uh, but we've turned them over last year so I have no uh, you know I have no fear in that in that respect
0: excellent love it excellent so um, you sent me a photo uh, which is fantastic um, of your view from the I mean where were you which stand was that
1: that's in the Centenary Stand on the upper uh, on the upper tier, just kind of towards the top, towards the scoreboard. So, you know, we um, you know we sit there regularly. So I mean, it's a great view. You know, you get a full. You know, you can take in the full pitch, and um, uh, usually in the in the second half when Liverpool are attacking the top, you know we're able to uh, you know we're able to benefit from that. Uh, uh, it was unusual this match uh, for the matches we've been to that, that Liverpool were. You know, uh, attack the Anfield Road end in the second half. So um, you know, uh, but um, you know, it's a it's a great view, and um, you know, it gives us the opportunity to uh, to listen to the cop when it's in full voice, and um, and you know, really soak up the atmosphere.
0: Fantastic. I mean, how many games do you get to every season? Do you sort of go to many home so not games? not as many
1: as I'd like. You know, maybe ten or so. You know, which isn't bad actually. Um,
0: that's not bad so, at all
1: no uh, and that's a, not not all Premier League games you know we get to see you know it's a mixture some cup games you know some Premier League games so we get a good mix actually do,
0: do you ever do you ever think um do you ever sort of take a moment to think how lucky you are to be able to go to Anfield? Because, you know, I'm one of millions and millions of fans across the world who who basically never get the chance to go because it's, you know, it's it's just way too expensive to fly, uh, get a ticket, you know, have a hotel. It's just way beyond my budget. But, you know, you live close in the north of England and uh, you know, do you ever do you ever take a moment to think? Wow, you know, I'm lucky to be able to to get to Anfield.
1: I, I don't know whether I think about that to be honest. But um, you know, and uh, and being in the north, uh, you know, is helpful. Um, although traveling around the north isn't brilliant, the motorways are a nightmare. But um, right. it only takes us on a, on a on a good run. It only takes us an hour to get there. And um, uh, you know, but I often sit there before the game and just think. You know, soak up the atmosphere. You know, I think uh, you know, and appreciate uh, appreciate the experience. You know, that's you know, that's what I normally do. You know, just sit there, uh, have a look at what uh, you know, have a look around the ground. You know, have a look at the flags waving, the greenness of the pitch. You know, I remember my first game actually was a night game, and uh, and uh, I walked up the steps, and the first thing that hit me was under the floodlights how green the pitch was. You know, and that was. And, and that was something that was, you know, a special and really vivid memory.
0: Yeah, me too. I remember my first match. Um, it was against Tottenham Hotspur, 1994. I've only been to Anfield a few times. I've, I've, I've you know, but it was, um, it was absolutely wonderful. I had exactly the same impression. That was a night game. Who was it? Your, who was it against? Your first match?
1: I think it was Watford. I think it was Watford. I can't, I can't remember the score. was really quite young. It was in the 80s. You know? okay. And And. Um, I think it was a cup game. My uncle took, and um, uh, and so you know I kind of wasn't uh, I wasn't too focused on the football at the time, or about the atmosphere and the surroundings. It was quite young, so you know it was um, it was a good experience though, and um, and clearly it kind of stuck with me. I mean yeah, I've been supporting really. Liverpool since uh, 1977, you know quite by accident really. Oh,
0: by accident?
1: I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a Geordie by birth. You see, my my uh, my father's from. Manchester region but uh, my mother's a Geordie and um, we lived uh, we lived abroad at the time we lived in Gibraltar at the time and um I came back to visit my uh, grandparents and uh, it was the uh, it was the 77 FA Cup final Manchester United and Liverpool and um everybody in the room because uh, I was uh, I was at my uh, father's mum and dad's and um Everybody in the room was supporting Manchester United, and I thought that was a bit unfair. It was a bit one-sided. And uh, I remember my uncle saying, "You know, whichever team you pick to support now, is the team you've got to stick with for the rest of your life." And I said, "Well, I'll stick with Liverpool because nobody else is supporting them." <laughs> and um, unfortunately, we lost that two-one. But um, obviously, I benefited from um, you know the years. I mean, we went on to win the European Cup. You know, just a few. Uh, weeks later, and um, we've won the league. I think that season as well, and um, and and went on to benefit from, um, you know, from the uh, from the years to come.
0: Yeah, I mean, good choice, good choice. You could have gone the other way. Yeah, fantastic story. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I was, I remember, I, I, no one in my family really liked football. My my dad's from Wales, and he's a massive rugby fan, um, but uh, didn't particularly like football, and uh, so. I was, um, you know, at home, I decided I, I really liked football, but it was better if you supported a particular team. So I decided to support and stick with the ne- the winner of the next match on TV, the glory hunter that I was as an eight-year-old. And it was Liverpool against Middlesbrough. And thankfully, Liverpool won. I can't remember the score. I think it was 2-1 or 3-2. I seem to remember Ian Rush scored. And... Um, and uh, I remember I went into the kitchen and I, and I asked my dad if Liverpool was a good football team to support. And he said, yes, they're the best. And I said, well, that, that'll that do, that'll do. Turns out he was right. Um, anyway, let's go back to the present a bit. Um, the actual match itself, what did you, I mean, what did you make of it? It was pretty special, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I think uh, I couldn't have hoped for, for better. I mean, you know, we've been to some special games and, and I think that... Uh, and I think it's always nice to uh, to see the goals go in. I thought, um, you know, the fact that it was a, a clean sheet, you know, we uh, kept a clean sheet was good. I think, uh, you know, it was interesting to see the new uh, the new boys in action. Uh, you know, we looked uh, we looked uh, we looked pretty assured. And um, I mean, to be fair, West Ham weren't you know weren't up to you know where I thought they would be. I know it's early days for them; they're a team in transition, but. Um, I thought they might have given us a, a sterner test, uh, as I said before. Um, but you know, the uh, the, the, the movement crater uh, looks like he's he's been with us, you know, uh, forever. I think he's just settled straight in, and um, you know, it was um, it was good. I, I commented during the game, really, to, to James, my son, that uh, that we looked like we were playing slightly different style. You know, we weren't we weren't pressing as hard as we as I've seen us do before, and we were spreading the ball about a bit more using, you know, both wings and, um, and, and, you know, kind of a bit more patient, actually, you know, it's looked like a different style of play, but, um, I think that, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't playing on the break quite as much as, again, as we normally do, but I think that's, was more perhaps to do with West Ham sitting a bit deeper at times and, um, you know, and shutting up that midfield. But I think that, um, that, uh, we, uh, you know, we enjoyed it, you know, immensely. I think, uh, you know it was it was it was good to see actually it was good to see us get
0: off to it. such a good start yeah i interesting what you are about about patience we we were very patient you know more than usual, people were talking about you know that we were we were only in second gear for the for the whole match, but I thought it was very very encouraging that we kept the ball and we were very patient. We didn't expend energy that was you know, you know a waste of time in the context you know especially in the second half, we just stroked the ball around. And we were we were very, very patient, kept it very well. I thought that was a great positive. Um, yeah, you mentioned Cater Um Allison. Any thoughts on him?
1: I mean, difficult to tell really. I mean, because he, he wasn't he wasn't tested, you know, really at all. But um I mean certainly from the uh, from the passing, out from the back, I think I'd seen a stat that he'd kind of you know, he'd completed more passes than eight of the outfield players, you know, on the pitch, you know. And uh really? and that. And, uh, and that was quite, you know, good. I mean, I think that, um, you know, again, you know, some of the people around us, you know, they were commenting on how much confidence he seemed to instill in the back four and that, you know, he never seemed flustered. You know, the ball came to him and he just a simple pass, you know, left or right or through the middle. And, um, you know, that, that was really, you know, good to see. And, and that was also, you know, what I think um, there was no real panic there. You know, sometimes that um, you know, in previous seasons there's been a bit of a panic from the back when the balls, you know, when the balls come to uh, the keeper, and you know, it was it was good to see that uh, that confidence, and I think that gave the back four that reassurance, and and you know, probably contributed to you know one of the reasons why they had a, such a good game as
0: well. But he did get the sand wedge out a couple of times, and you know, sort of chipped it over the attackers. He chipped it over their heads. I mean, was there was there any kind of nervousness? Because I, I remember once. He gave the ball away, and uh, it was towards the end of the game. And Henderson gave him a bit of a rollicking. But generally, were people because we've we've had a few years of of uh, dodgy distribution from our keepers. Was there what, what was the atmosphere around Allison specifically? Was it were people sort of giving him the time, giving him support? Were people relaxed in the crowd? Quite or? relaxed.
1: I thought. I thought generally relaxed. I thought people were. You know, it was it was. It was you know it was obvious you know and, and you know the comments throughout the game every time he touched the ball you know somebody would comment you know about about how uh re- relaxed he looked i think that that you know that calmed everybody else down i think you know the fact that mm. west ham didn't have that many chances you know i think that uh you know if he'd have been tested more and and, and you know, looked a little bit more shaky than perhaps uh, you know from a nerves point of view. It was his first game, you know, Anfield, and and maybe that might have told told. But uh, no, I think the the atmosphere around him specifically, you know, uh, from from where I was sat, you know, was 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 confident. I think people were very impressed.
0: So the match, I mean, it was four nil. It was our biggest win at home on the opening day I saw that in the Echo since 1932 and it was our biggest win in the Premier League since uh, on the opening day since an away uh, 6-1 uh, at Selhurst Park um, so obviously it was pretty uh, emphatic as a performance were there any negatives at all? The yeah, been... cut, I
1: think maybe <laughs> maybe that was kind of a highlight <laughs> uh, too many uh, <laughs> um probably i think um you know that uh we probably need to sell him just for that um but uh,
0: um who was your man of the match against west ham
1: milner absolutely i thought he was i thought he was awesome you know just, you know d- during the match you know we'd uh you know we talked about how good he looked how fit he looked and um he was he was all over the place you know the uh in a good way you know uh the the, the um the stats bear that out as well. I thought he was brilliant. You know, he was uh, he was you know strong, creative. You know, some of his passing was pinpoint. Um, you know, I think uh, he set up. You know, his determination for the second goal. You know, to pull that back from from where it was. And um, you know, I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. You know, absolutely for the entire match. I
0: thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah that came across on tv as well that you know just how how brilliant he was and then like you say the stats say it all um you know special shout out to mané as well though i mean he had uh, he had a cracking match four shots two goals and two key passes and he was sort of you know everywhere really as well he also had three successful tackles out of four i noticed which was a pretty decent return for for a forward but yeah i mean i'm hoping
1: man i'm hoping carries on with that kind of form because last year he just kind of dipped i mean you know although he scored a you know bag full of goals i mean you know i think he missed probably you know twice as many chances you know and 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 you know and on 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 sunday rather he you know he put away his chances really you know and i think that you know that was that was good to see and you know hopefully you know he will score as many and um you yeah, know, push Salah, uh, you know, for
0: the uh, for the golden boot this season. Um, we'll hear later on this show from uh, Jamie Connolly, who's who lives in Los Angeles, and he 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 tweeted uh, uh that Manet could become one of the best players in the world this season, and I like that because that's optimistic. But I actually like the more I think about it, the more I think actually he might be right you could see mané i i mean it's quite easy for me to envisage mané honestly becoming sort of top 5 attackers in the world this season can you see that or is that just kind of wildly optimistic um,
1: uh, well i, I mean I, I don't know i mean he's in he's in he's got good company you know if we're talking about you know top 5 but i mean i think that's uh, you know, this season, I mean, it is quite possible. I mean, anything's possible, isn't it? I mean, I think that that uh, with the service that uh, you know, uh, I mean, certainly, you know, on on Saturday, uh, Sunday's performance rather, um, you know, Kate, uh, uh his distribution, you know, and and his you know trickiness around the box when he he starts to get settled in, and uh, you know, you've got um, you know you've got him creating, and uh, and Mino, uh, you know, in a position where you know he's. you know, they are feeding Salah and and, and Mane. I mean, you know, the goals, you know, will just, you know, will just continue to to pop in. And, and, uh, you know, I can absolutely see, you know, if he gets more chances and if he's in the form, you know, for the rest of the season that he started in, then, you know, it it bodes well.
0: All right, Darren, one more question. Monday night, Crystal Palace away. What what do you reckon? What's your prediction? How's this one going to go? So I think...
1: I think a 2-1 win for Liverpool. I think I think it will be a tight game away. I mean, we've beaten Crystal Palace the last two times I played them. We played them, with, I think uh, 2-1 last season. I think and one nil. Uh, I think we beat them. Um, and uh, you know, but I still I think that uh, you know away from home, be interesting to see again. You know how the new boys do. Um, I'm hoping that he doesn't make too many changes. The team, you know, I think uh, Matic might be in contention for coming back. But it'd be interesting to see whether he sticks with um, with Gomez. Um, Fabiño might start, maybe, you know, uh, but it'd be difficult to, to to you know to start him over the likes of uh, uh, Rinaldo and, um, and and James Milner. So, you know, team wise, I think uh, you know it'd be interesting to see what he goes with. Whether there's any, you know, there's any. I mean, I know it's early, but there's any kind of slight rotation, changing tactics uh, at all. But uh, I think, um, I think it'll be tight. I think uh, Benteki might score uh, or or Saha, Um, and and I think, I think we'll just come away 2-1, maybe 3-1. But uh, 2-1 will be is is on the uh, on the conservative side.
0: A lush. Forest of thanks to Darren there. What a lovely man. And he wants me to wish his son James good luck with his exam results, which are coming out soon. So on behalf of Cop On, James, good luck. And now, to translate what so many Parisian market ladies must have said during the revolutionary Women's March to Versailles on the 5th of October 1789... Let's move on to the Palace. Here I am talking to Jamie Connolly. What do you make of their midfield, Jamie? Um
2: I think it's interesting. I think despite Roy Hodgson's prehistoric tactics, they've become less and less of a long ball team. Um but that being said, they still do use Milivojevic as a a long ball outlet fairly often. I um, actually looked at his stats for last year and he averaged 3.4 long balls for 90 minutes, uh, whereas Loftus-Cheek and Macarthur, whoever was partnering him, averaged about 1.1 long ball per game. So a lot of that sort of long ball football does come through him. But to put that into perspective with another team who, you know, mid-table team, which I guess is where Crystal Palace are aiming, um, for their centre-backs, all average about 2.5 long balls a game, so twice the, the loftest cheek number, but not quite as much as Milivojevic. And I guess the threat there is is Benteke on Gomez. I mean, if he's feeding these long balls up to Benteke and they're targeting Gomez in the air, it was an area in which Joe Gomez struggled last year. Um, I looked up, he, in the aerial duels, aerial duels he faced last year, Joe won 42 of them, but actually lost 43 of them. So I guess that could be an area in which they, they look to attack us. And um, I get that Joe Gomez was playing right back last year, not centre-back. It's a different position, facing different kinds of of a long ball threat. Um, but he's only ever played 50 professional games, including his time in Charlton. And maybe they'll look to use their experience to to get at him with that high ball during the match.
0: Well, that's an extremely good point. Yeah. And, and another thing, yes, OK, you say he was in a different position, but at right back, you're obviously, uh, you know, usually you're facing up against sort of smaller players. You know, you're facing up against the left winger. So you should win as a supposed centre back playing at right back. Joe Gomez should should have won you know, most of those because he, but yeah, so how's he going to do against someone who's who's taller, bigger stronger like like Ben Tecker, yeah, I think that is a slight concern and of course they have Wilfred Zaha up front, I'm a big fan, are you a big fan of his?
2: Um, yeah, as much of a fan as a former United player you can be, um, <laughs> he's quick, he's got good technique, he's, he's a real danger and for a team that's likely to play a, a low block with a with the counter attack, he's uh, he's one who'll certainly uh, look to cause us problems all game. I guess.
0: Um, and let's look at, but let's look at us. Okay, they are a little bit dangerous. Now you've you've talked me into a you know I'm a bag of nerves now at this dangerous Palace team with their 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 long ball 1920s you know Dixie Dean type players. Um, how are we going to set up though? What do you expect from Jurgen Klopp?
2: I was trying to think of what changes he could make or would consider making and the only one which may happen but I'm not convinced it would is Henderson coming in perhaps for Wijnaldum Um, I know in the first half of last season he made a lot of changes I think there was a stage where he was averaging five changes per game but given that Anderson is still on that post-World Cup recovery. Uh, for Binho, possibly it's a good idea to, to give him his first game at home and and not against Crystal Palace away. I don't think the midfield will change. I don't think the defence can change because we don't have Lovren and I think Gomez is ahead of Matip in the, in the pecking order. And then you're just not going to break up this front three so quickly, are you? I mean, I really can't see him bringing in Sturridge or Shaqiri for the second game of the season. So, I think yeah, there's a chance we could actually we could actually start with the same eleven who started last week.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I I I agree. But yeah, maybe to counter the threat, maybe you want to bring in Fabinho for his height. Maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah, so since that crazy 3-3 draw where Suarez was crying, I was crying, my mum was crying, the plants were crying, the the, the sky was crying, um, we've won our last five at Selhurst Park. I think there was a friendly match in there, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, so... That's cool. But there was a very nice uh, tweet by Hippoclopamus on uh, Twitter. Love that name. He tweeted yesterday that uh, at home we have lost only five times in four seasons, but two of those were to Palace. So, I mean, are they a bogey team? Is there a hint of that, Jamie?
2: I don't think they are anymore. I think they rattled us. I think there was that first year after the 3 all draw, they. You know they came downfield knowing that they effectively ended our, our title chase and that, that they really had something over us. But you know last year Selhurst Park we went a goal down and we turned it around and won two one. I mean they had chances at one all, but you know beating them two one away for us last year and all the other results we've had since then, or recently in any case, I think that there's, they're no longer a voodoo team for us.
0: Um. What are you looking forward to most on Monday night, Jamie?
2: I can't wait to see this team in action. Every time I, know, you know, I know they're going to play. I'm so excited. There's no no dread. There's no fear. I mean, the idea that any defense in the world has to face up to to Mane, you know, future World Player of the Year, Salah, already the best player in the world, and Firmino, the glue who holds everything together. I mean. I'd be surprised if they didn't take it up to another level again this year, particularly with someone like Cater behind them. So all I'm excited for is lots more goals.
0: Yes, I mean, I, I, I can't get an image out of my head for this season. I think if you're going to compare Liverpool to a machine, any machine, I think this season we're going to be a combine harvester, ripping people up every week. Anyway, let's let's have a quick look at our next uh, two fixtures after Palace. Uh, Brighton on the 25th of August at home, 5.30 kick-off, and Leicester away on the 1st of September at a one thirty kick kick-off, I think, or 12.30, an early kick-off anyway. And that's before the international break. Um, our main rival, I still, I mean, is pretty... The obvious one is Manchester City. They've got Huddersfield, then Wolves, then Newcastle. They're three winnable games for them. Um, Newcastle at home. Wolves away could be difficult-ish for City. But I think you'll have two teams on 12 points going into the international break. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I think both managers will have looked at these opening fixtures and thought, we have a real chance here to go unbeaten until that international break. Set a marker down, and then the players will go away, and we'll see, you know, see who comes back in, in form, injured, or or whatever. But if we can't look at Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Leicester, where Leicester's probably as tricky a game for us away as Wolves may be for City. And if they're not looking at Huddersfield, Wolves, and Newcastle, wanting and expecting 12 points, both teams wanting and expecting 12 points, I'd be very surprised. Um, I think Gary Neville said in an interview recently that, that Guardiola is obsessed with retaining the league. You know, that way he can demonstrate it's not a one-hit wonder. I mean, he is a, a great manager in the UK. So I'm sure both both managers have set their teams a target of 12 points. And that is a, a very achievable goal for both teams, I think.
0: Mm, very interesting views, as ever, from Jamie Connolly there. Give him a follow at JJ underscore Connolly on Twitter. So, for the last segment of our show today, I was cock-a-hoop to be joined by Nick Philpot, a Crystal Palace fan and presenter for Red and Blue News. Let's go crack on. So, Nick, I listened to your excellent show, Red and Blue News, today, and it appears that many Palace fans believe that this is one of your best teams since the late 1970s. Could you please give us some details about that? Is that true?
3: Well, it'll be my pleasure to do so because I believe I'm qualified to do so. I'm in the age bracket in my 50s where I remember the strong team, the Vince Allaire, the Dave Swindlehurst, the Ian Walshes, Billy Gilbert, Kenny Sampson. Uh, That team uh, was a fantastic team for Palace. Um, It did really well under Terry Venables. Um, It got unfortunately labelled the team of the 80s and it was an extremely strong team. Well, I can honestly hand on heart say that this current uh, squad of players that we have at the moment are extremely strong and we'll, I think it's safe to say a lot stronger. We have strength in depth, we have quality in all departments and we have backup quality in most departments, which is something we haven't had for many years we had a good starting 11 last year but we didn't have the backup behind it now the transfer window that we're going to come on and talk about in a minute has proved very strong for us and we've actually done some very good business
0: well yeah great i mean it's uh, yeah very exciting times for palace and uh, you know you won 2-0 away to fulham on the weekend um what did you think of that match was that a deserved victory for you
3: well, it was an interesting one, really. We started the day off uh, with a four hour boat trip going up and down the Thames, lubricating our voices, in, ready for the first game of the season. Um, we knew that what Fulham would do, we knew that they would come at us being the newly promoted team. Um, the game itself, I think they, um, Palace played the game very similarly to how they played it last season. Most of their games, they had disappointing first half and came out and turned it around again with a strong performance in the second half. Well, that was echoed again at the weekend against Fulham. Um, you know, I think the scoreline, if, if anybody watched, watched the game back, the scoreline probably flattered Fulham a little bit because whilst they had some great chances and our goalkeeper made some superb saves, especially in the first half, uh, it, by the end of the game there was only ever going to be one winner. The Palace, they showed their experience in the Premier League. You have to understand, this is our record sixth uh, consecutive season in the Premier League, which is, again, unprecedented, unprecedented for Crystal Palace. Uh, but it's something that it showed its class on, on the weekend. Fulham got a lot of new players, lots and lots of new players. And I honestly believe that the game was won and lost at five o'clock when the transfer window closed on Thursday afternoon and not Saturday afternoon. They bought in I think it's somewhere something like a dozen new players, might even be 14 new players, spent the second highest amount in their Premier League, Fulham spent. And Palace started the game with most of the squad that they finished the last season with and the squad that they played most of the pre-season in. Now, in fairness to Fulham, they couldn't possibly have gelled all those players in 72 hours from the closure of the transfer window. I think they started, I can't remember what it is, it might have been five, six or seven of their new signings started and they certainly brought on another two or three during the game and it showed, they, they, they did have some class. In fairness to Fulham, they had some great class, uh, and some very strong players, but they need time. They need time to get together as a squad. And I think the result was a fair result. Uh, and I honestly believe that the uh, scoreline probably flattered
0: them. Yes, yeah, and it, it's a very important thing in, in, in football to, to have rhythm. You can't change too much, can you? But uh, you had 33% possession in that match against Fulham. D- um, does that worry you at all?
3: Not really, because I think it's, uh, it's what you would expect from a newly pro- uh, promoted Scene. Now, Fulham finished off the season, obviously, last year with some fantastic you know, They played some fantastic football and well-deserved uh, promotion. And they've actually hit the ground running, or they came at us, as we expected them to do with all the gusto from a newly promoted team. And I think to myself, well, as long as we had gone into the half time Nil-nil. I had no qualms that we wouldn't go on and win the game. Well, as luck would have it, we actually went in at half-time, 1-0 up. Um, and it was you know, really good to see. In fact, we could have been 2 nil up. Uh, there was a Van Arnholme scoreless second, literally at uh, 90 seconds after the first one went in. And it was rightly ruled offside. Uh, but again, two wonderful strikes in the first half. But the goalkeeper kept us in the game. And the goalkeeper is really up to his game. Uh, in the last few months, OK, because we've actually made a very good signing in a, a guy called Vincent Guaita. Uh, we signed on a free agent on a three-year deal from Getafe. He'd made 108 uh, appearances for Getafe between uh, 2014 and 18, And I think that competition has made our goalkeeper, Wayne Hennessy, up his game because he played outstandingly on Saturday.
0: Um, so for, for Liverpool fans who don't know, I mean, I've looked at the team you played against Fulham and everything. But assuming that Roy Hodgson doesn't change a winning formula, um, can you do us a favour and, and take us through your team and tell tell, tell the listeners a little bit about the, the Palace team? So you've got Hennessy in goal, Van Arnholt at left back. Yep. Uh, um, across the and middle,
3: a very familiar face to Liverpool fans, Mamadou Sakho alongside uh, James Tompkins from West Ham. Okay. Now now they have been a partnership for a lot of last season. Both of them had injuries last season, but every single game that they played as a pairing, which is now a premier league record, uh, Palace haven't lost, and they played on Saturday against wow. Fulham, and they're playing against um, Liverpool on Monday night. And at, right back, a very interesting guy. Uh, a lot of your uh, Liverpool supporters won't be familiar with this guy, but they need to take note of this guy. young fellow, come through our ranks, a bit like Wolf with Zaha, but much younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a 19-year-old kiddie called Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Now, he came into the squad last season, or he broke through to the squad last season because of that horrendous injury run that we had. Now, listen to me, guys. You heard it here first. This guy will eventually become England right back, okay? He is one of the brightest we saw I saw Zaha break through as a, a sixteen year old okay i hadn 't seen one Bissaka until he was about eighteen. so he came through all our ranks. This guy is going to be the one of the brightest prospects in English football, uh, and I think it's something that you guys need to have a look out for so across the middle, uh, of course we lost um, lost his cheek back to Chelsea last season um, we 've got andros Townsend one side you 've got uh, Jimmy MacArthur. James MacArthur, some of the your your listeners won't know too much about him. But he's a little tiger in the in the middle of the park. You got Papa yes, Soiree. Bachelor,
0: yes. yeah, a and he's a he's a
3: little bachelor. bachelor. And of course you got uh Zaha and Ben Teke up top, uh, and then now it's, it's quite strange because under Hodgson, okay, I know he didn't have Hodgson didn't have a great time at Liverpool, but uh, he was he's absolutely adored at Fulham on Saturday, and he's absolutely adored by the Palace fans. And there's a little there's a little side show I'm going to give you in a second, something that your listeners might not have thought about, okay? But uh, what, what what's um, Hodgson's done is he's actually pushed Zaha literally to play alongside. him, Benteke. So if you look at the history between the clubs, we've got Benteke, uh, you've got uh, um, Sacco, our centre, centre half as well. So all connections with Liverpool. But there mm-hmm. is one other thing that your listeners won't have uh, worked out. We played our last game of the season last season against already relegated West Bromwich Albion, former Roy Hodgson team. We played our first game of the season this year against a weight of Fulham, former Roy Hodgson team. Okay, yeah. And we won them both. On Monday night, we're playing another former Roy Hodgson team, and we would like to go for the hat trick.
0: Nice. Okay, I like it. Um, and um, you know, speaking of that, you know, putting Zaha next to next to Ben Teke, tactically speaking, I mean, you know, Palace are going to play on the break, aren't they? They're going to, you know, occasionally knock it long towards Ben Teke for the knockdown for Zaha. I mean, it's, it's very, in my view, very intelligent. Plan because uh, we have Joe Gomez at the back, who you know, statistically, and you can actually just tell by watching the matches, he's not that good under the high ball. So, I mean, is that what we can expect?
3: Yeah, you can, but don't forget you've also got cover there with Van Dyke. I mean, who I think is an absolutely outstanding uh, player. And I think uh, so. I mean, it will be the break system. Okay, make no mistake about it. The the game we need to contain your front guys, but I think you're absolutely right. There is an opportunity. I'm not saying we're going to win the game, because I don't believe we will. But there is an opportunity for us to be able to hurt Liverpool at some point during the game. And we will. We've got this great memory of Liverpool at Sellers Park on an evening kickoff. Now, again, your listeners may not be familiar with the term. So it's a new term that we call Kristan Ball. OK, yeah. Cristian Ball was when you guys were going for the for the Premier League Championship, uh, pre- and you went yes. 3-0 up, I was in the ground, okay, and the place <laughs> was rocking, okay, and of course yeah. then Dwight Gale did his bit, and I can't remember who scored the other goal, uh, but got, what, uh, Dwight Gale scored two of them, I think it might have yeah. been Glenn Murray, but we called that Chris ball. so the fans are trying to, because under the lights of Sellers Park, it's quite, and it's not an intimidating place because South London isn't intimidating like that, but it's, it's, it's very, very vocal there. And that's what we're looking to do for the first home game of the season. Uh, and so we're trying to recreate Christian Ball on Monday night. And that's what I think that that will give us the 12th man. But we have got players that will hit you on the break and cause you, you some damage. And that there is a reason why. Uh, Hudson started playing Benteke, Zahar off Benteke and that was because Benteke had an appalling season even by his own admittance he had an absolutely awful season last How many season. did he get?
0: How many uh, goals three, did he get?
3: Three, and one three. of those is a penalty that was given to him in the last game um, and you compare that to the season before where he scored 17 for us okay? just, he, a player of his calibre, his class, his standard he cannot possibly have another season like he did okay mm-hmm. he he looks fitter, he looks trimmer, there is a different style to ben take this season i've seen him pre-season in season and against Fulham, and he looks fit okay now mm-hmm. fit Ben Take will hurt opposition, whoever they are, and as you say up up go up, up against Gomez, I really believe there's an opportunity there like i say i am not predicting a win because I wouldn't be so stupid against a, a team without quality and the money that you you guys have spent. Um, but uh, I think we will give them a good game. Uh, and uh, and I hope that's it. You've got some fantastic players in that team. Anyway, over to you.
0: Talking of that, I mean, cannot possibly be objective about your own team. And, you know, it's Liverpool fans listening to this. I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, and from the inside, if you like, from a Liverpool fan's point of view, we think we're pretty freaking great this season. But from the outside how do you think liverpool actually um you know from a much more objective point of view how do you think we 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 stand up against our rivals this season
3: well look you don't spend 170 million in close season and Turn out a bunch of donkeys, okay? Because they were a good side. They're a great attacking uh, side, anyway. Uh, your your signings are three out of your four Simon signings. signings I, was, I was impressed with. I mean, uh, Fabino at thirty nine million. Cate he looks at he looks at a fantastic buy at fifty two million. Uh, Allison, uh, you know, sixty five million. Quite a lot of money, you think? But I think he's he's definitely promising. The one doubt in my mind is Shakiri, okay? I've seen Shakiri play quite a lot um, in his mm-hmm. days at Stoke, okay? Um, when he's being loved, he's a good player. He needs an arm around his shoulder. When he's not being loved, okay, and he's being targeted by uh, some big, hefty guys in front of him, uh, mm-hmm. he has a weakness, okay? And I-, I believe his weakness is that he sulks a lot. In, you know, when he's playing the game, I'm not convinced about Shaqiri as a. He may, he may, I may end up in my words. It'll be him that scores the winner on Monday night. But it's you've got some fantastic players in the squad already. You have brought in three, what I say, are probably world class. How do you stack up against uh, your rivals Well, in my opinion, I think Arsenal will drift this season. Okay, I think Arsenal will be high mid table at best. Spurs will probably end up in third place. Man City will win the league. Uh, Man United will be in fourth. Liverpool will be in second. That's how strongly I... I, That's how... And I just... You know, to to us, this is... To to the middle table teams and the lower table teams, games against uh, the top three, top four, and that's where you will be, that's where Liverpool will be, are a free hit to us. It doesn't matter. All we can do, okay. all we can do on Monday night is put a dent in your season, okay? Uh, and if we came away from there with a point, I will come out of there and I'll be punching the air because I think they are a superb team. I saw them annihilate West Ham, and West Ham don't, West Ham won't finish bottom of the league. West Ham will be there or thereabouts, around the, the pa- Crystal Palace area, maybe just below us by the end of the season. Cream, the cream will rise, okay? They've got some wonderful players as well. But Liverpool tore them apart. Okay, and they deserved every single second of success. And I hope, and I honestly hope Liverpool do well this season. I really do. From a London, from a Londoner. Okay, I know uh, the cockneys and the scouser thing goes on, but I actually, I like, I like Jürgen Klopp. I think he needs to change his goal celebrations. If I'm honest with you, because quite frankly, they were <laughs> board, they were borderlining on obscene at the weekend. Okay, uh, and I and I wish Liverpool
0: well. Well, thank you very much. So just just very, you know, finally, very quickly, you said you don't expect to get too much from the game do you have a scoreline prediction for us
3: i think it will be close i think palace will give you a game under the lights at Selhurst park okay but i will concede a defeat probably 2-1
0: and on that pier into the crystal palace ball thank you so much to nick If you'd like to understand more about Palace and their team, do check out Nick's show, Red and Blue News, which is primarily on Facebook, but also on Twitter, at Red and Blue News 1. Alas, that's all we have time for for today, and over the next three weeks I'm buggering off on me holes. Keep that twitchy finger away from the panic button, though, because Cop On will be back with a loud sound in early September. Until then the echoiest avalanche making shout outs to my guests today. They were, in order of appearance, Darren Wilde at Wild Darren, Jamie Connolly at JJ underscore Connolly, and Nick Philpot at Nick Philpot sixty three. See you soon, my lovelies. And do please spread the word if you have enjoyed today's show. I would really, really appreciate it. Last night, I got a bit drunk with some friends and we recorded this as a sort of outro. Bye. It's a midweek special Cop onto this for free mm-hmm. It's the Midweek Special, we're talking Clop and Liverpool, SC.